0: The Tale of Sinaway, from Notes on the Story of Sinaway by Alan H. Gardner. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Arnie Horton. The Tale of Sinaway. The hereditary prince and count, governor of the domains of the sovereign in the lands of Tesetu true acquaintance of the king beloved of him the henchman Sinway, he says i was a henchman who followed his lord a servant of the royal harim attending on the hereditary princess the highly praised royal consort of sesostris in the pyramid town of kenem esot the royal daughter of Amenemis, in the pyramid town of ka nofru even nofru the revered in year thirty third month of inundation day seven the god attained his horizon the king of upper and lower egypt sehetepre he flew to heaven and was united with the sun's disk the flesh of the god was merged in him who made him then was the residence hushed hearts were filled with mourning the great portals were closed the courtiers crouched head on lap the people grieved now his majesty had dispatched an army to the land of the temhi And his eldest son was the captain thereof the good god sesostris even now he was returning having carried away captives of the tehanu and cattle of all kinds beyond number and the companions of the royal palace sent to the western border to acquaint the king's son with the matters that had come to pass at the court and the messengers met him on the road they reached him at time of night not a moment did he wait the falcon flew away with his henchmen not suffering it to be known to his army howbeit message had been sent to the royal children who were with him in this army and one of them had been summoned and lo i stood and heard his voice as he was speaking being a little distance aloof and my heart became distraught my arms spread apart trembling having fallen on all my limbs leaping i betook myself thence to seek a hiding place and placed me between two brambles, so as to sunder the road from its traveler. I set out southward, yet purposed not to approach the residence, for I thought there would be strife, and I had no mind to live after him. I crossed the waters of Mawati, hard by the Sycamore, and arrived in island of Snofru. I tarried there in the open fields, and was afoot early when it was day. I met a man who rose up in my path, he showed dismay of me and feared when the time of supper came i drew nigh to the town of gu i ferried over in a barge without a rudder by the help of a western breeze and passed by the east of the quarry in the district mistress of the red mountain i gave a road to my feet northward and attained the wall of the prince which was made to repel the setu and cross the sandfarers i bowed me down in a thicket through fear lest the watcher on the wall for the day might see i went on at time of night and when it dawned i reached petni i halted at the island of Kemwer. an attack of thirst overtook me i was parched my throat burned and i said this is the taste of death then i lifted my heart and gathered up my body i heard the sound of the lowing of cattle and espied men of the setu a shake among them who was aforetime in Egypt, recognized me, and gave me water. He bowled for me milk. I went with him to his tribe, and they entreated me kindly. Land gave me to land. I set forth to Byblos. I pushed on to the Kedmi. I spent half a year there. Then Enshi, son of Amu, prince of Upper Retinue, took me and said to me, Thou farest well with me. For thou hearest the tongue of egypt this he said for that he had become aware of my qualities he had heard of my wisdom egyptian folk who were there with him had testified concerning me and he said to me wherefore art thou come hither hath aught befallen at the residence and i said to him Tebre is departed to the horizon and none knoweth what has happened in this matter and i spoke again dissembling I came from the expedition to the land of the Temhi, and a report was made to me, and my understanding reeled, my heart was no longer in my body, it carried me away on the path of the wastes, yet none had spoken evil of me, none had spat in my face, I had heard no reviling word, my name had not been heard in the mouth of the herald, I know not what brought me to this country, it was like the dispensation of God, then he said to me, how shall you land fair without him the beneficent god the fear of whom was throughout the lands like sachmet in a year of plague spake i to him and answered him of a truth his son has entered the palace and has taken the inheritance of his father a god is he without a peer none other surpasses him a master of prudence is he excellent in counsel efficacious in decrees Goings and comings are at his command. It is he who subdued the foreign lands while his father was within his palace and reported to him what was ordered him to do. Valiant is he, achieving with his strong arm, active, and none is like to him. When he is seen charging down on Ro Petiu or approaching the Malay, a curber of horns is he, a weakener of hands. His enemies cannot marshal their ranks. Vengeful is he, a smasher of foreheads none can stand in his neighborhood long of stride is he destroying the fugitive there is no ending for any that turn his back to him out of heart is he when he sees a multitude he suffers not sloth to encompass his heart headlong is he when he falls upon the easterners his joy is to plunder the roe ped he seizes the buckler he tramples under foot He repeats not his blow in order to kill. None can turn his shaft or bend his bow. The to flee before him as before the might of the great goddess. He fights without end. He spares not, and there is no remnant. He is a master of grace. Great in sweetness, he conquers through love. His city loves him more than itself. It rejoices over him more than over its god men and women pass by in exultation concerning him now that he is king he conquered while yet in the egg his face has been set toward kingship ever since he was born he is one who multiplies those who were born with him he is unique god-given this land that he rules rejoices he is one who enlarges his borders he will conquer the southern lands but he heeds not the northern lands he was made to smite the Setu, and to crush the sandfarers send to him let him know thy name utter no curse against his majesty he fails not to do good to the land that is loyal to him said he to me of a truth egypt is happy since it knows that he prospers but thou behold thou art here thou shalt dwell with me and i will entreat thee kindly and he placed me open before his children, and mated me with his eldest daughter. He caused me to choose for myself of his country, of the best that belonged to him on his border to another country. It was a goodly land called Ya'a. Figs were in it, and grapes, and its wine was more abundant than its water. Plentiful was its honey, many were its olives. All manner of fruits were upon its trees. Wheat was in it, and spelt and limitless cattle of all kinds great also was that which fell to my portion by reason of the love bestowed on me he made me ruler of a tribe of the best of his country food was provided for me for my daily fare and wine for my daily portion cooked meat and roast fowl over and above the animals of the desert for men hunted and laid before me in addition to the quarry of my dogs And there were made for me many dainties and milk prepared in every way i spent many years and my children grew up as mighty men each one controlling his tribe the messenger who fared north or south to the residence tarried with me for i caused all men to tarry i gave water to the thirsty and set upon the road him who was strayed i rescued him who was plundered when the sethue waxed insolent to oppose the chieftains of the deserts. I counseled their movements, for this prince of the retinue caused me to pass many years as commander of his host. Every country against which I marched, when I made my assault, it was driven from its pastures and wells. I spoiled its cattle. I made captive its inhabitants. I took away their food. I slew people in it by my strong arm. By my bow by my movements and by my excellent counsels i found favor in his heart and he loved me he marked my bravery and placed me even before his children when he had seen that my hands prevailed there came a mighty man of retinue and flaunted me in my tent he was a champion without a peer and had subdued the whole of retinue he vowed that he would fight with me he planned to rob me he plotted to spoil my cattle by the counsel of his tribesfolk the prince communed with me and i said i know him not forsooth i am no confederate of his nor one who strode about his encampment yet have i ever opened his door or overthrown his fence nay it is envy because he sees me doing thy behest assuredly i am like a wandering bull in the midst of a strange herd and the steer of those cattle charges him a longhorn attacks him is there a humble man who is beloved in the condition of a master there is no petty that makes cause with a man of the delta what can fasten the papyrus to the rock does a bull love combat and shall then a stronger bull wish to sound the retreat through dread lest that one might equal him if his heart be toward fighting let him speak his will does god ignore what is ordained for him or knows he how the matter stands at night time i strung my bow and tried my arrows i drew out my dagger and polished my weapons day dawned and the retinue was already come it had stirred up its tribes and had assembled the countries of half of it it had planned this fight forth he came against me where i stood and i posted myself near him every heart burned for me women and men jabbered every heart was sore for me saying is this another mighty man who can fight against him then his shield his battle axe and his armful of javelins fell when i had escaped from his weapons and had caused his arrows to pass by me uselessly sped while one approached the other i shot him my arrow sticking in his neck he cried aloud and fell on his nose. I laid him low with his own battle-axe and raised my shout of victory over his back. Every a'am shrieked. I gave thanks to Mantu, but his serfs mourned for him. This prince Enshi, son of Amu, took me to his embrace. Then carried I off his possessions and spoiled his cattle. What he had devised to do unto me, that did I unto him. I seized what was in his tent i ransacked his encampment i became great thereby i grew large in my riches i became abundant in my flocks thus god hath done so as to shew mercy to him whom he had condemned whom he had made wander to another land for today is his heart satisfied a fugitive fled in his season now the report of me is in the residence A laggard lagged because of hunger. Now give I bread to my neighbor. A man left his country because of nakedness, but I am clad in white raiment and linen. A man sped for lack of one whom he should send, but I am a plenteous owner of slaves. Beautiful is my house, wide my dwelling place. The remembrance of me is in the palace. O God, whosoever thou art that didst ordain this fight show mercy and bring me to the residence peradventure thou wilt grant me to see the place where my heart dwelleth what matter is greater than that my corpse should be buried in the land wherein i was born come to my aid a happy event has befallen i have caused god to be merciful may he do the like again so as to ennoble the end of him he had abased his heart grieving for him whom he had compelled to live abroad if it so be that today he is merciful, may he hear the prayer of one afar off. May he restore him whom he had stricken to the place whence he took him. O oh, may the king of Egypt show mercy to me, that I may live by his mercy. May I salute the lady of the land who is in his palace. May I hear the behests of her children. Oh let my flesh grow young again, for old age has befallen, feebleness has overtaken me mine eyes are heavy my hands are weak my legs refuse to follow my heart is weary and death approaches me when they shall bear me to the city of eternity let me serve my sovereign lady oh let her discourse to me of her children's beauty may she spend an eternity over me now it was told the king of upper and lower egypt Concerning this pass wherein I was, thereupon his majesty sent to me with gifts of the royal bounty and gladdened the heart of this his servant as it had been the prince of any foreign country. And the royal children who were within his palace caused me to hear their behests. Copy of the decree which was brought to the humble servant concerning his return to Egypt Horus, life of births, two goddesses, life of births. King of Upper and Lower Egypt, Keperekere, son of Re, Sesostris, living for ever and ever, a royal decree unto the henchman Sinue. Behold, this decree of the king is brought to thee to instruct thee as following Thou hast traversed the foreign lands and art gone forth from Kedme to retinue. Land gave thee to land, self-consoled by thine own heart what hadst thou done that aught should be done against thee thou hadst not blasphemed that thy word should be reproved thou hadst not spoken in the council of the nobles that thy utterances should be banned this determination it seized thine own heart it was not in my heart against thee this thy heaven who is in the palace is established and prospereth daily she hath her part in the kingship of the land her children are at the court mayest thou long enjoy the goodly things that they shall give thee mayest thou live by their bounty come now to egypt that thou mayest see the residence where thou didst grow that thou mayest kiss the earth of the great portals and have thy lot among the companions for to-day already thou hast begun to be old thy manhood is spent bethink thee of the day of burial the passing into beatitude. How that the night shall be devoted to thee with ointment, with bandages from the hands of tight, and a funeral procession shall be made for thee on a day of joining the earth. The mummy-shell of gold with head of lazuli, and a heaven above thee, and thou placed upon the hearse oxen dragging thee, musicians in front of thee, and there shall be performed a dance of the mu'u at the door of thy tomb, and the offering list shall be invoked for thee, and slaughterings made beside thy stele, thy columns being shapen of white stone, amid the tombs of the royal children. Thus shalt thou not die abroad, Ah Amu shall not escort thee, shalt thou not be placed in a sheepskin, when thy mound is made, yea, all these things shall fall to the ground, wherefore think of thy corpse and come this decree reached me as i stood in the midst of my tribesfolk it was read aloud to me and i laid me on my belly and touched the soil i strewed it on my hair and i went about my encampment rejoicing and saying how should such things be done to a servant whom his heart led astray to barbarous lands fair in sooth is the graciousness which delivereth me from death inasmuch as thy ka will grant me to accomplish the ending of my body at home. Copy of the Acknowledgement of this Decree The Servant of the Harim Sinue says, Fair Hail, discerned is this flight that thy servant made in his witlessness, yea, even by thy ka, thou good God, Lord of the two lands, whom Re loves and Mantu, Lord of Thebes, praises, Amun, Lord of Karnak, Sob, Re, Horus, Hathor, Atum with his Ennead, Sobdu, Neferbayu, Semseru, Horus of the East, the Lady of Imet, who rests on thy head, the conclave upon the waters, Min in the midst of the deserts, Weroret, Lady of Punt, Harure, and all the gods of Timori. And of the islands of the sea, they give life and strength to thy nose. They endue thee with their gifts, they give to thee eternity illimitable, time without born. The fear of thee is bruited abroad in cornlands and desert hills. Thou hast subdued all the circuit of the sun. This thy servant's prayer to his Lord to rescue him in the west. The Lord of Perception, who perceiveth lowly folk, he perceived it. In his noble palace thy servant feared to speak it now it is like some grave circumstance to repeat it thou great God peer of ray in giving discretion to one toiling for himself this thy servant is in the hand of a good counselor in his behoof verily I am pleased beneath his guidance for thy majesty is the victorious Horus. thy hands are strong against all lands let now thy majesty cause to be brought maki from kedmi Kentiosh from kentkesh menus from the lands of the fenku they are renowned princes who have grown up in love of thee albeit unremembered retinue is thine like to thy hounds but as touching this thy servant's flight i planned it not it was not in my heart i conceived it not I know not what sundered me from my place. It was the manner of a dream, as when a delta man sees himself in Elephantine, a man of the marshes in Ta-Seti. I had not feared, none had pursued after me. I had heard no reviling word. My name had not been heard in the mouth of the herald. Nay, but my body quivered, my feet began to scurry, my heart directed me the god who ordained this flight drew me away yet i am not stiff-backed inasmuch as suffering the fear of a man that knows his land for ray has set the fear of thee throughout the land to dread of thee in every foreign country whether i be at home or whether i be in this place it is thou that canst obscure you horizon the sun riseth at thy pleasure the water in the rivers is drunk at thy will, the air in heaven is breathed at thy word. Thy servant will hand over the viziership which thy servant hath held in this place. But let thy majesty do as pleaseth thee. Men live by the breath that thou givest. Re Horus and Hathor love this thy august nose, which Mantu, lord of Thebes, wills shall live eternally envoys came to this servant and I was suffered to spend a day in Yaa to hand over my possessions to my children my eldest son taking charge of my tribe all my possessions being in his hand my serfs and all my cattle my fruit and every present tree of mine then came this humble servant southward and halted at the paths of Horus the commander who was there in charge of the frontier patrol sent a message to the residents to bear tidings and his majesty sent a trusty head fowler of the palace having with him ships laden with presents of the royal bounty for the Setiu that were with me to conduct me to the pass of horus and i named each several one of them by his name brewers needed and strained in my presence and every serving-man made busy with his task then i set out and sailed until i reached the town of ichtow And when the land was lightened and it was morning there came men to summon me ten coming and ten going to convey me to the palace and i pressed my forehead to the ground between the sphinxes the royal children standing in the gateway against my coming the companions that had been ushered into the forecourt showed me the way to the hall of audience and i found his majesty on a throne in a gateway of gold and i stretched myself on my belly and my wit forsook me in his presence albeit this god greeted me joyously yea i was like a man caught in the dusk my soul fled my flesh quaked and my heart was not in my body that i should know life from death thereupon his majesty said to one of those companions raise him up let him speak to me and his majesty said lo thou art come thou hast trodden the deserts Thou hast traversed the wastes eld has prevailed against thee thou hast reached old age it is no small matter that thy corpse should be buried without escort of petiu but do not thus staying ever speechless when thy name is pronounced but verily i feared punishment and answered him with the answer of one afraid what speaketh my lord to me would i might answer it and may not Lo, it is the hand of God, yea, the dread that is in my body, like that which caused this fateful flight. Behold, I am in thy presence, thine is life. May thy majesty do as pleaseth thee. The royal children were caused to be ushered in. Then his majesty said to the royal consort, Behold Sinue, who is come as I am, an offspring of Setiu folk. She gave a great cry. And the royal children shrieked out all together and they said to his majesty it is not really he o sovereign my lord and his majesty said yea it is really he then brought they their necklaces their rattles and their sistra and presented them to his majesty thy hands beyond the beatos one o enduring king on the ornament of the lady of heaven may noob give life to thy nose May the Lady of the Stars join herself to thee. Let the Goddess of Upper Egypt fare north, and the Goddess of Lower Egypt fare south, united and conjoined in the name of thy majesty. May the Uraeus be set upon thy brow. Thou hast delivered thy subjects out of evil. May Ray, Lord of the land, show thee grace. Hail to thee, and also to our Sovereign Lady. The horn of thy bow is slaked thine arrow loosed give breath to one that is stifled and grant us our goodly girdon, in the person of this sheikh see mate the petzi born in t murray he fled through fear of thee he left this land through dread of thee but as for the face of him who sees thy majesty it blenches not as for the eye that regardeth thee it fears not then said his majesty nay but he shall not fear he shall not dread for he shall be a companion among the magistrates he shall be set in the midst of the nobles get you gone to the chamber of adornment to wait upon him so when i was gone forth from the hall of audience the royal children giving me their hands we went together to the great portals and i was placed in the house of a royal son there was noble equipment in a bathroom and painted devices of the horizon costly things of the treasury were in it garments of royal stuff were in every chamber unguent and fine oil of the king and of the courtiers whom he loves and every serving man made busy with his task years were caused to pass away from my flesh i was shaved and my hair was combed a burden was given over to the desert and clothing to the sandfarers and i was clad in soft linen and anointed with fine oil by night i lay upon a bed i gave up the sand to them that dwell therein and oil of wood to him who smears himself with it there was given to me the house of a provincial governor such as a companion may possess many artificers built it and all its woodwork was new appointed and meals were brought to me from the palace three times yea four times a day over and above that which the royal children gave without remiss and there was constructed for me a tomb of stone in the midst of the tombs the masons that hew tombs marked out its ground plan the master draughtsmen designed it the master sculptors carved in it and the master architects who are in the necropolis bestowed their care upon it and all the gear that is placed in a tomb shaft went to its equipment and cause servants were given to me and there was made for me a sepulchral garden in which were fields in front of my abode even as is done for a chief companion and my statue was overlaid with gold and its apron was of real gold it was his majesty caused it to be made there is no poor man for whom the like hath been done and i enjoyed the favors of the royal bounty until the day of death came it is finished from the beginning to the end according as it was found in writing end of the tale of sineway translated by alan h gardner